The Rise podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. This week's guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and give him one anyway. If you have hung out with me for very long, then you know how much I love and admire Brendan Burchard. His books have been game changers for me. He's someone that I dreamed of meeting for years and years before I finally did. And I am so excited to have him on this week's episode of Rise talking about how you and I can start the year strong, can start the year with intention, and make sure that we do a few daily habits that really change the game in 2019. I hope you enjoy this week's episode as much as I did. Are you going to tell me when we actually start? No, okay, <laughs> and now start. I'm very nervous. No, 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 it's just a conversation. Mine are very casual. Okay. But I feel like you're in town. Yes. And so it seems like a really good opportunity to um, just steal any time with you and get your wisdom. We're about to go into a new year. We need a lot of time to get any wisdom. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but we're about to go into a new year, into 2019, and I feel like this is the time of year when so many people are going to name the goals and write them down and say all the things. But like, number one, I'd love to hear what you do at a new year. Do you have any Mm -hmm. um, things that you do? And then also what are some of the like tactical tips, advice, things that you could give listeners if they're setting out to accomplish a goal this year or this month or this week, what are the things you tell them? So, I think what makes my New Year's special is that I don't set New Year's resolutions to fix problems. Ooh, okay, wait. Now, let's unpack that. Yeah, because what most people do is they go, you know what? I'm 15 pounds overweight. Yeah. I need to lose weight this year. Yeah. Or, you know what? I wasn't very disciplined about my morning routine. That's my only goal. So, they basically go, problem in life, fix it. Problem in life, fix it. Problem in life, fix it, which makes their year and their goals really reactive, mm. not very motivational, wow. and almost nothing related to their long-term dreams. Wow. And it's kind of like if you're driving down a road in life and there's like all these potholes and you start driving just to miss the potholes, you'll run off the road. So you've got to instead say, okay, what road should I be on? Where should I be going? But what most people do, it's a fix. I want to fix this. I want to fix this. I want to fix this. One. How does that help with your self-doubt at the beginning of the year? Mm-hmm. Like, look at all these ways my life sucks. Yes. So I'm going to work on all these ways just to fix the thing that suck. And they wonder why well, I'm not motivated to meet my goals. It's because you're just fixing things that suck. Mm. If you're always fixing things that suck, your, 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 your self-doubt rises. It's like, let's focus on all our weaknesses the whole first month mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. It's why people aren't in the gym week four, week five, week six, is because they were going to the gym for a fix. Wow. And no one sticks to anything that's just a fix. Dang it. That's so good. Well, yeah. Before we doesn't get... stick if it's just a fix. Oh, someone make it a bumper sticker. Yeah. Or a Quote card or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, this is why um, I feel super lucky all the time to be friends with you, because basically I just come to you with every problem that I have. And you <laughs> say something like this, that's like that emoji where the brain is exploding. That's what you're doing to me right now. So yeah. people tend to go into the new year trying to fix problems. What is the what yeah. is the what is the way you approach it? And it's not that I don't want them to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? We all have to address our weaknesses, fix our problems, you know, address things that are real in our life and that's huge. 
but without the context of also our potential, without our dreams, without that, like, okay, honey, kind of, it's difficult right now, but where could we be in three years? Mm -hmm. Let's not just focus on this upcoming year, but let's extend it a little bit. And because what I'm trying to tell people is like, you should never limit your vision for your future based on your current circumstances or even your current competencies. Because mm -hmm. if you only set your goals for this year based on what you already know or what you're capable of, you will inevitably set your sights lower than you're capable of. Because mm -hmm. you'll go, well, I'm, you know, I, I want to launch a book, but I only know how to do this. Or yes. I want to start my business, but I only know this. If your goals are always tied to your current competency, meaning your current skill level, yes. your current knowledge level, your current ability level, then you're not really setting goals. You're just setting tasks. You're just saying, I'm going to do this next. Mm. And New Year's is a time to think big. New yeah. Year's is a time to go, okay, in three years, even if I don't know how to get there, what could I decide I'm going to do and then work backwards from that and start skilling up? I say the most important goals ever to set in New Year's is skill goals that will lead to success in three or five years. So explain skill goals if people haven't read High Performance Habits, yeah. if, if I haven't talked about it enough. Yeah. Um, so explain that idea of acquiring the skills that are going to take you to the place that you want to be. Yeah, like me, as you know, I'm kind of awkward. And <laughs> like, no, what? One of my, no, one of my great, huge awkwardnesses in my life was public speaking. That's hilarious. Another huge awkwardness of my life was video. Another huge awkwardness to me was like talking to people about like, like intimate or like vulnerable things. Which is, if and you don't know Brendan, what he's saying is basically everything that he's best known for today. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, now I can talk to 30,000 people in Arena. Now I can, you know, uh, what was it? You just passed 300 million video views across all my videos. And none of my videos are entertaining, funny, or have cats. <laughs> you know, it's like, so that's it's something. straight up personal development yeah. with no context. So it's not like that amazing. And now I'm known as a really highly effective high performance coach where I'm very comfortable in weird, awkward conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, you just had lunch. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's like, that was not something I was capable of because where I grew up in, in Butte, Montana, and then Great Falls, Montana, men weren't very expressive. Yeah. I always make the joke on stage, it's like, men never, where I'm from, lifted their hands above their waist. They kind of were like, <laughs> they would just lift a hand yes. and you knew you were dead. Yes. If it came above the shoulder, man, yeah. you were getting punched in the yeah. face. Like, yeah. I didn't grow up around expressive people. So just like everyone else, I had to learn to overcome those things. Like when I first turned on the video camera ever, to look at a video camera, it was just like everyone else. You turn on the video camera and you look at it and you're like, hi, I'm... Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. Yeah. And then you, no, that's not how I say it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. No, yeah. and you have to go like 10 iterations to find out how you introduce yourself yes. on video. And it's awkward and weird. Yeah. And I was like, but my mission, my dream three years from now, is I would love to be able to make an impact in more people's lives. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to make an impact in more people's lives, I need to learn to get over my insecurities and develop the skills necessary to serve. Yeah. And the skills necessary to serve in my like dreams were... I'm going to have to be able to communicate. I'm going to have to stand in groups of 5, 10, 15 people, then 30, then 100, maybe one day 1,000. And even if I thought of talking to 1,000 people, I'd start sweating just yeah. thinking about it. And I would have to sit there and allow the sweat and visualize it and see it and see it and see it and determine this is a skill I'm going to develop. It's gonna, I'm not going to be comfortable with it. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to learn to develop that. Yeah. And I think that's what you need, people need to do is don't just try to say, okay, in the first quarter I'm going to, you know, lose weight or I'm going to do this one little task instead say, okay, three years from now, if I was living my dream life mm -hmm. 
and I was making my dream difference, what would I have to be able to do then that I can't yet now do confidently mm -hmm. and world class? Mm -hmm. And then say, okay, what mentors do I have to do? What courses do I have to get? What seminars do I have to go to? What tapes do I have to listen to or audio program? Like what would it like build into that capability? Mm -hmm. And that way you're not hoping that you just land with it one day. Yeah. You know, it's like that deliberate practice that makes you great. Yeah. And most people, they're just not doing that at New Year's. And so they're very unmotivated when they actually have real aspirations for their life. Yeah. Well, I love, um, I, I really am not just, I am saying it because you're sitting in front of me, but they've heard me talk about High Performance Habits a million times, which is Brendan's book, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And at some point I will show you, at some point in our friendship, I'll show you like my notes from when I was reading yes. that book because they're crazy. Um, but what I love about that is that you do break it down and make it really tactical. So I think if there's anyone listening who's like, man, I'd love a deeper dive in that thing. What does this look like? Mm -hmm. How does that manifest in my calendar? Mm -hmm. How do I take that and apply that to my life? It is all, there's so much information in that book. It feels like it should have been three books. Yes. Like you really could have gotten three books out of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I like, actually did write three books. Did you really? It was really? 1,000, it was 1,480 pages <sighs> because it was a research project, right? Oh my it gosh. Was, yeah. It was, it, was at the time the world's largest study of high performance that had ever been done, and we had to scale it back. That's you know because we had all this research in there, and I was trying to make all these cases. Like I had to make it so that everyone could read it. Mm -hmm. But that brings up something too in that book. If if you have it, go to the productivity chapter this year, mm -hmm. and realize what's going to make one of the big differences skill set. But another one is we call it PQO. Yes, which is learning to focus on what they call prolific quality output, mm -hmm. which is a fancy, really fancy way of saying. Okay, whatever your career is or whatever you're trying to do in your life, figure out the major needle movers that would have to happen for you to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. And spend, this was the this was the stat. High performers spend 60% of their week focusing on the major needle moving activities that they know will move their projects mm -hmm. or their dreams forward. And 40% is like, you know, the e administration, the yeah. email, the yeah. whatever. But that's what happens is most people spend a tremendous amount of time on horrible stuff uh -huh. and not the real stuff. Yeah. You know, the average American watches four hours of television a day, which over the course of the average adult lifespan is 13 years in front of the TV. It's insane. That's 13 years away from the kids. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if you're watching it with them, not doing yeah. really high yeah. quality stuff, it's 13 years away from your business mm -hmm. or that thing you wanted to start in your dream. And so it's like, what's gonna be the things you should focus on the most. Like for me, I spend 60% of my week on research and content and building curriculum because I'm a teacher, I'm a mm -hmm. trainer. And that's what makes my business and my career go forward. I could spend a bajillion hours on Instagram or social media, yeah. or I could spend a million doing email. I mean, I can, and I'm very easily distracted. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I have to know what are the moving big pieces that move my life forward. So in the new year, make sure you know what those major five things are you should be focusing on every week. How do you find that out if you're not aware? Because yeah. you're so self-aware. So, But I know there are people who are listening who are going to be like, oh, I don't know what mine are. Yeah. How do you, how do you figure that out? What brings me joy? Mm. What brings me flow? What makes me feel on a Friday fulfilled that, you know what, this was a good week. Mm. I think a lot of people go week by week by week, and they never ask, like, what made me feel good this week? Mm. Like, where was I just so happy this week? And not just what am I grateful for, but like, where did I find those moments where I was like in flow? And it was just like, I was doing my thing and it felt good and it was working. And like identifying that 
And if you don't have that, then you just got to go to your longer term dreams and be like, okay, what is it? Yeah, that what's going to really, get me there? What's really going to get me there? Yeah. And then I would say uh, th the other thing I do for New Year's is instead of trying to set just big, huge three-year goals, which is important, or figuring out PQO, I also go, okay, the best thing you can do is instead of saying, I want to lose this or I want to get that or setting super specific goals instead of set, learn to create daily habits that make you feel good and yeah. help you recharge. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm even, like yes. I wouldn't even think, I would never say, let's set a goal to lose this weight or let's set a goal to achieve this financial number and said like, what can you do every day that makes you feel good and allows you to recharge? Because mm -hmm. we were talking about this yeah. earlier. It's like yeah. one of my main things in life is I want to be able to take care of myself so that my intention, my energy is where I need it to be yeah. all day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Because you know what? You can't be, you know, especially when you run a big business or entrepreneurship, you might still be doing, you might still be working at six mm -hmm. o'clock. You got to be smart. Yeah. And then you got to go to the kids or yeah. be with the wife or be yes. with the husband or whatever. I was like, how do I set up daily habits where throughout the day I'm releasing tension from my body. I'm releasing tension from my thoughts mm -hmm. so that I'm loose throughout the day so I can flow when I need to flow. Um, how do I make sure I'm intentional so I do things like the glow away triggers? Yes, I love your you know, triggers. I have to. Yeah. Like we wa we literally walked in this store before I met you. Yeah. Uh, I'm pointing to the At Cameron. Cameron, <laughs> making sure we all sound great. Like we walked through a door right behind him, and when I walked in, I said the same thing. I said, I enter this room a happy man, ready to serve. Yeah. And you say that every time you walk through every any door. Pretty much every, except for the bathroom. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> But that kind of self-talk, the trigger is the door, and the tr the door triggers a self-talk. When I look in the mirror, yes. I say something to myself. Yeah. When I walk through a door, I say something to myself. When um, you know, I set up triggers on my alarm, when yeah. I get on a plane. Yes. Like I've just said, these things I do on a regular basis, I say something to myself, not because I need it, but because I want to be an intentional person. Yeah, and you I think are the most intentional person I've ever met in my whole life. I try to be. I don't think there's anybody more intentional than you. Dalai Lama beats me. Just oh, beats well, dang just, it, he's right? But I think, I mean, he, he also meditates four hours a day. Yeah. You know? So I think a, a piece of it is I know that without intention, I'm easily distracted. I easily feel sad. Mm. I easily um, can get frustrated with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a place where anger was like a hair trigger reaction mm -hmm. and I can feel that well up. Yeah. Like if I'm going to enter a difficult conversation with Denise, my wife, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, this might be a difficult conversation. I might not see eye to eye, but I love her. I respect her. She is my everything. Brendan, breathe and listen, dude. Mm -hmm. And then I walk in the room. Mm -hmm. If I don't do that, I just walk in the room and she starts talking and I start talking and all of a sudden I can lose myself. Yeah. So I just think if you're going to walk in, you tell your kid how to do math, like go in, okay, he or she might be really frustrated. This might take longer than I think. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I want them to associate like positive energy with their math. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be a good mom in the mm -hmm. situation. Like I think we just forget to do that. And it's yeah. a simple yeah. everyday thing. Yeah. Can you talk about for you um, like the, the relationship between intention and habits? Because you have the intention to do something, but then you attach the habit and that sort of solidifies it in your life. Yeah. Because you still do a lot of these things, even though they're, they're, they're ingrained in you now. Yeah. But you still, like it blew my mind that you still set the alarm on your phone. Yeah. Even though you've been doing it. Will yeah, you talk about you the on. alarm on your phone? Yeah. And explain, like explain what it is. I think it's an incredible, incredible trick. Um, but then the fact that you still do it like nine years later. Yeah, when people, I probably shut it off, but um, <coughs> we're doing a podcast, but let's see if it's on. So when, 
Yeah, there was mine this morning. My 10 a.m., my 2.50, my 6 p.m., and my 7.32. So every And these are things you need in this season. Like yes. the words. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'll give so if people can't see what I'm doing. Um, so what I do, uh, and I've done this since 2008. So I, there's an alarm function on your phone, and when you set your alarm, you can set labels to mm -hmm. your alarm. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I go in and I set a label, and I set three words that I want to I want to be this person, mm -hmm. and I set that alarm to go off. Like for example, today 10 a.m. This alarm goes off, and it says dynamic, bold, confident. Mm -hmm. And you know how it is when your alarm goes yeah. on your phone, you look. Yeah. So. It and I've been doing this since you? 2008. It like, still what? surprises me. Yes. And so I look, it goes off and I'm like, and I'm like, oh. And as soon as I see that visual cue, it makes me go, okay, am I dynamic right now? No, I'm boring. Yeah. Uh, am I bold? <laughs> you know what? Nah, I've just been kind of like relaxing and hanging back a little mm -hmm. bit. I'm not going for it. Am I confident? I'm like, no, no, I'm not confident. Why am I not confident? Let me think about that for a second. And it just creates a moment of intention throughout mm -hmm. the day. But then I have ones that are social too, like my 7.32 p.m. you see, says, give Denise affection. <laughs> I love how it did Is that so stupid? No, but it's But not. it really goes off because, and because you know, yes. I've been home a lot yeah. um, since I finished tour. I, I finished my seminar tour and I've been home with my wife, Denise, a lot. And I just, like anyone else, you can go through your yeah. emotions with your spouse. Totally. You can go through emotions with your kids. You can go through emotions with your business. And I think going through the motions is the ultimate killer to high performance. Mm. Because the problem is when you're a high performer, you, when you're good, like if you're the best mom on the block or you're, you're, you're the, the most competent, capable, get stuff done at work, the thing is because you are so good, you can kind of rest on your laurels a little bit because you can get away with it mm -hmm. because you're outperforming people already. Mm -hmm but you're also stealing that full potential. Mm. You're never touching the full rim of what you're capable of yeah. because you're just trying to live just above everybody else, yeah. but you're not going for it. And I think people have that in every part of their lives. Like I want to have an extraordinary marriage and relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been together now 15 years, mm -hmm. married 10, and I still, 732, give yep. Denise affection because I've yeah. been home and I want to make sure that I'm like, oh, okay, right? Yeah. Let me, Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm easily, you know, distracted at home because that's where I also do my research and my writing mm -hmm. and she can come in and I can be, I, I want to get up, go give her affection, greet her at the door. I want to be a sweetie to my sweetie and I need a stupid reminder on my phone. Yeah. So it's one thing I do um, is that trick. Um, I also really believe that habits are never going to be automatic. Hmm. There's a myth that habits become automatic. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But only a homeostasis habits. Okay, now explain that. Homeostasis to me. means whatever naturally comes, it's like homeostasis is everything settles back down to what's easy and comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, of course, doing something over and over when it's easy and comfortable becomes a habit because it's not hard anymore. Mm. Soon as something gets hard, you need more intentions to actually do the habit. Yeah. Because all of your mind goes, actually, this is a little, I prefer ease, I prefer yeah. comfort. So can I, I just want to understand this. So, so a habit, let's say, um, stress eating, mm -hmm. like that feels like a, that is what you mean. Like sure. you're, that's something that will exist without effort because it makes you feel better. You're going to get hungry regardless of stress. Yeah, yeah. It's an easy thing. It's easy. You know what? Going to the gym when you're out of shape. Yeah. You know what? Just doing it a bunch of times isn't going to create a habit that's automatic. Mm. Like you got to do more, you got to do more cues more triggers to make you want to do that. Because you know it is, like, if you're out of shape, 
you could have gone to the gym six months in a row. Yeah. Seven months comes up, your body still goes, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So those kind of habits, they're called deliberate habits. Mm. Deliberate habits are habits you have to will and cajole and goad and trigger yourself into doing because they're good habits to have, yeah. but they're not easy to implement. They're not like, of course, let's go running in the morning when you don't want to run. Yeah. So you have to have things that make you want to do it. You have to have things like, for example, for me, when I go into my office, because I'm a creative person, I don't want to do things for other people in a funny way. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to do email. Yeah. I don't want to have a team call. Yeah. So right on my computer, there's this post-it, and it says, who needs you on your A game today? Yeah, which is one of the questions you ask in your planner. Yeah. So it's like, okay, who needs me on my A game? Gosh, my, my team really needs me to show up today. Okay, um, you know what? My customer has been waiting for this thing. My coaching client over here needs this thing for me. And it I, if I don't ask the question, yeah. I don't get to work. Yeah. And a lot of people, they avoid the questions or the triggers or the things that would get, make them go to work. So I think that's really important. I also think that throughout the day, um, the, the world's largest study that's ever been done on productivity was done by a productivity app. I'm forgetting the name <coughs> of the productivity app. Um, but what they did is they have all this data and they can associate how people rate their productivity. They can see how many tasks they check off in the checklist of the app. And they did this for, I believe it was over 4 million people. And what they found, which is what I've been teaching for a very, very long time, is that the most productive people take breaks every 50 minutes. Five zero or five one five? Zero. Okay. I've been, uh, actually, their study said 52 minutes. I've been teaching 50 minutes forever because just you can tell if you sit in a chair and you work for a while, mm -hmm. your body gets a little restless, mm -hmm. but a lot of people go, I'll power through. Yeah. And now their posture is compromised. Their mind didn't get a break. And what they really need to do is just get up, walk around, get some water, maybe do a vinyasa flow on the <laughs> ground or stretch out, <laughs> lay on your back, go walk really quickly around, do 10 jumping jacks, do four burpees, whatever it is. But every 50 minutes, is a great time to take a break. Even if it's really just stand up, stretch out, get some water. I'm terrible at that. Close your eyes. Everybody is. So guess what goes in my phone? When my butt hits the chair, see, the, I tell people all the time, your phone is either a weapon of mass distraction or it can be an incredibly powerful tool, tool. to keep you on track. Yeah. So I set a 50-minute timer, and almost 100% time, of the time, even now, I'll work. It goes off 50 minutes, and my brain goes, I don't need a break. Mm. And that's the number one challenge people have. I don't need a break. And then they're burnt out. Yeah. And they never saw that you actually, by recharging several times throughout the day, that's why meditation is so powerful. If you meditate once or twice a day, it's that little recharge that's going to give your mind a break, your spirit a break, your creative edge a break, and then you come right back at it. Yeah. Even when I'm writing, and you know how it is, you get in a flow, yeah. I'm writing like, you know, and I'm yeah. loving writing. Yeah. That thing goes off 50, even if I'm in the middle of like the greatest paragraph. I will stop, I will get up, I'll stretch, I'll drink some water, I'll come back down. And that's how I can write, though, all day, all night, week after week. And people are like, gosh, how are you so prolific? I'm like, because I'm taking breaks in between. Yeah. And so many people, they schedule themselves crazy all day. And if they could just find it, it doesn't have to be 50 minutes, though all science in productivity has proven all of it. Between 50 minutes and 75 minutes is the most effective time for a break. Not once a day, every 50 to 75 minutes. The longest outer rhythm of that was a 90-minute study. That's I am so bad at that. Everyone sucks at that. Really but you're amazing too. And what can happen is then by six, seven o'clock, you're like, I'm wiped. 
and so then you go to comfort foods or yes. I'm wiped, let me get a drink. Or 100%. I'm wiped and you yeah. kind of speak snarly to your husband. I'm yeah. not saying you do this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is what people no. do. Yeah. They don't realize that the energy dips they're having is leading to bad habits. Yeah. The energy dips they're having is leading to unkind behavior. Yeah. So what you have to do is manage your energy throughout the day so that it's fairly even mm. because when it dips, everyone knows. It's like, you know what? I know I'm supposed to write that proposal, but Netflix is on because yeah. I don't quote unquote feel like it. Yeah. You don't feel like it because you burn too long. Yeah. If you had like allowed yourself to go, 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 break. Even yeah. after two, three, four minutes. Yeah. Go, 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 break. The advanced reader copies of Girl Stop Apologizing are officially out in the world, which means for the first time ever, people besides my editor are reading my new book. And I can't wait for you to read it too. I wrote Girl Stop Apologizing because I wanted to give women permission to do just that. Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop apologizing for the dreams and goals and hopes you have for your life. The tagline for this book is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. So if you have big audacious dreams for your career or great fantastic personal goals for yourself, this is the book for you. It comes out March 12th and you can pre-order now on amazon.com. What's the... Um Talk about the release thing. Yeah. Which I still have not adopted, but oh. I always tell myself I'm going you to. You should. I've tried I it. It's okay. I just didn't keep it up. It's super hard. Um, and I agree. And this, this is one of those deliberate habits. And I had to do this. Yeah. Um, the context was uh, my, like my Facebook page had blown up like big at this time of my life. And I didn't have any team. I was doing a lot more marketing. So this was like, you know, three, four years ago. Um, and we had like millions of fans and I was responding to everybody. And I was also going on tour at the time. I was hiring a lot of customer service and fulfillment people. I was getting a lot of big deals. Like my career was finally, it was feeling like, mm -hmm. whoa, yeah. here we go. And I was majorly stressed. And I was finishing the day sometimes just like not even feeling the day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes frustrated and just like edgy. And it's like, I gotta find a way to deal with this. And I had read something that said, between activities, the best thing you can do is ever give yourself a mental break. And I'm like, how? And I'm, I was like, well, what's my goal? Well, my goal is if I can, let's say I'm doing email for an hour, okay? I'm sorry, if I'm doing email for 15 minutes. Yes, yes, you would <laughs> so never. I, I do emails for 15 minutes, but now I gotta create a PowerPoint or a keynote presentation. What I'll do is I'll do it for 50 minutes, I'll get up, I'll stretch or something, but I'll also push away from the desk at some point, close my eyes, because most fatigue begins with visual fatigue. I'll close my eyes, and then I'll repeat this word, release to myself, like a mantra. I'll say, release, release, release. And I'll say that over and over until I actually feel some release in my shoulders, in my neck. When thoughts come up, I kind of release them, meditative practice. And I might only do this for like two, three minutes. Literally, that's it. Not like a 20 minute big meditation, like two, three minutes. And then when I feel the tension go away a little bit, then I'll say, okay, now, Brendan, what's your intention for this next activity? Well, I'm going to create this presentation. My intention is that when I give it, throughout the time I'm giving it, it feels like an emotional roller coaster for people. Yeah, I want to make a roller coaster for people. Okay, I'll do that. 
and then I want to make sure that at the end I really build up towards something. So I'm going to go a little faster, and I'll start thinking about the intention. Open my eyes, and I'll get to work. And that little, just seconds of releasing the tension from my shoulders, my back, my neck, from my mind allows me to be more creative. Going to the next one, the intention allows me to be more intentional about it. And I remember, I think I was sharing this with you one time, my admiration for Oprah Winfrey. She begins every meeting with, "What's our intention for this meeting?"、Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Man, that's just so real." Like pros, that's what they do. Yeah. Pros don't bumble into a situation and go through motions because they can. Yeah. They prepare. Just it literally takes ten seconds long、yeah. to go. What do I really desire from this? What do I want? How do I want to show up? How do I want to treat people? Okay, this is what I want. Okay, now go into it. And those little moments of pause and intention. Like previewed by like relaxing a little bit、mm -hmm. really helps. Especially I teach this now to pro athletes, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And they don't. Most people don't realize the tension they're carrying around them. I tell them, if you're going to set a great New Year's goal, set daily habits to release some tension. Yeah. Because when you when you are free from a lot more from a lot of the tension, you can be more spontaneous. You're more kind. You're more creative. You're just more. Your brilliance shows to the world. Yeah. As you learn to let go of tension, so yes, set big New Year's goals, but make sure one of them has to do about how do you feel each day? Do you feel good each day? Are you recharging each day? Are you doing things to manage your energy each day? Are you doing something to release the tension each day? Yeah. I mean, I don't care if it's like you put a lacrosse ball under your desk and、yeah. you're rolling out your feet,、yeah. you know, or you get one of those little things I showed you. The I got the, one of those. What is that thing、yeah. called? I don't know. It's like a little hyperbolt. Hyperbolt. It's like、yeah. a gun that like、yeah. like knocks your muscles out、yeah. or what do they call it?、Um, but Every little trick and gizmo that you can do to knock out tension. Yeah. Because here's what: What do you want in 2019? No one's gonna say, "I really want to feel a little more tension in my、yeah. neck. I really want more stress. I want my head to feel like it's gonna、yeah. explode more." No one does that. Yeah. You know, we talk about that. Like、yeah. that's what people really. When you get down to it, what do you really want? If there is a problem to fix, it's almost always around an emotional or、yeah. spiritual tension. Yeah. I think that's a really good. Even that perspective for me is good because I tend to think, like, the like we'll hustle during the week and we'll rest on the weekends.、Mm -hmm. So I do get home most days, and I'm like trying to get the energy back up to be able to be the mom that I want to be for、yes. the kids. And I'm spending time with them, but I'm spending time with them with zero energy.、Yeah. I'm like, let's watch a movie. Yeah. Or let's do something that just because I can't. I'm. I'm、Here's、dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm like dead to the world,、yeah. and I think well, the weekends are, and I, I would assume that a lot of working parents have the same sort of attitude: is like, hey, the week's gonna be tougher, and then the weekend is where we're really gonna connect, yes, and have a chance to recharge.、And、but how often does that happen? Yeah, exactly. And also, it's in, in high performance habits. I write about that story about this tech entrepreneur. You know, guy uncovers a magazine, calls me to be his high performance coach. I didn't really, wasn't really. Clear about why I would work with him yet because he was all career, 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 and then he mentioned the challenge with his family, and、mm -hmm. I really wanted to help. And as your example of like come to the house and want to be a great mom, what I had him do, I said, when you pull up to the house, all I want, all I want you to do is recline in your chair a little bit before you go in,、mm -hmm. close your eyes for five minutes, repeat the word release to yourself as a mantra, or meditate in whatever way, or put on your favorite like you know music or your calming sounds or whatever you do in the car. Five minutes. You even set on timer. Just five minute reset. Then say, okay, what's my intention for going to this house? Okay, and his was, okay, I want to go in. I want to be an incredibly loving, attentive husband, and I want to be inspiring to my kids. 
okay, how would you do that? He thinks about it just for a couple seconds, then he goes in the house. That five minute break, that's called living well. Mm. Just running in the house to do things is called burnout. And these, like life is really felt in the extra beats in between. So I end Motivation Manifesto with that, I say, Life is really felt in the moments and the beats in between, and if we can learn to elongate a beat in between something, that looks like five minutes, right? But if you emerge from that car and you're even 3% more refreshed, that feels like 100% different. Yes. So that beat in between, it looks like five minutes, but it can be, it can feel like 50 minutes. You're recharged now, and now you can go in as your best self, because that's the thing is, we all want to be our best self, but we're not giving ourselves a beat to get it. But I'm like, you don't need an hour a day. You need a couple minutes every 50 minutes. Mm. You need, you know, a pause before you go in the door or like I go talk to my wife. It's like, okay, let me just take a, let me set an intention here. And these little breaks, I really feel like if people will do that, they're going to say by February, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. Mm. Because we release some tension. We made them focus on the right things each week with knowing the major things they should be working on. They started thinking about their skills again because the skills also activate learning because New Year's resolutions should be so much about what you're going to learn versus what you're going to achieve and yeah. you be more fulfilled. Mm. And so now with the skill development, we're focused on learning. We're dreaming beyond our current circumstances into a three-year kind of segment. And now just those simple things, those feel way better than I'm going to lose 15 pounds. What you're going to learn versus what you're going to achieve is a really interesting point because mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever thought I mean I definitely will add things that I want to learn but they're based on what I want to achieve yes <laughs> because of what I've which learned which is okay but I'll be yeah it'll be like I want you know the book comes out this year in Spanish so I'm like I gotta learn You'll Spanish both, so I that know. I know we really need to learn Spanish um, but it usually is always tied to some bigger achievement I don't know how long like how often are you setting uh, year, multi-year, whatever goals for yourself that are about um, s- something that doesn't financially benefit you in any way. Well, since I started broke, every yeah. goal I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And my, uh, you know, mom and dad working full time between the two of them. You know, we were barely scratching poverty. Um, had four, four of us kids and grew up in Butte, Montana, which is an old Irish mining town. And so my whole goal, even after I went to college working three jobs, I went to grad school working three jobs. Um, I had to work the summer, I had to you know, go to school in the summers because I couldn't take as many credits during the regular semesters when the regular kids could because they didn't have as, as many jobs. And so I, you know, like my whole, even when I was getting a graduate degree, I was like, if I can make $40,000 a year, I would be rich mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was genuinely, that was it. Yeah. That was it. And once I passed 40,000, I was like, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. So I, I can't say I set a lot of financial goals, but but some major goals in my life have been. Like Denise and I wanted to move into our first house. And I was like, well, I better learn how to make enough money to make, move in that yeah. particular house. And then we upgraded a few houses yeah. since then. Yeah. <laughs> it made me work. Yeah. Um, but to your answer of like when, there, there's other things that are going to help everyone achieve your goal. Whatever your goal is, I have a couple things to say about it. One, make sure you're holistically measuring your life each week. So I've always taught the Sunday practice. The Sunday practice is there's 10 major areas of your life, and you should score yourself on those 10 major areas 
on a score of one to 10 every week. I had done this forever. We finally put it in the High Performance Planner. Yeah, it's it's like, the, the planner is available on Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. yes. Everybody uh, should get it. Hopefully in stock. We got yes, it. yeah. <laughs> we we kind of had that problem. A, very popular. Inventory yeah. sometimes. Yeah, hey. I mean, man. So uh, High Performance Planner, it's in, we call it the Whole Life Assessment. I'll put it online. People can access mm -hmm. it for free too if they want to search for it. Whole Life Assessment. And it's just like, here's the 10 major areas of your life. It's like family, friends, finances, learning, emotional, you know, mental, physical, um, spiritual, you know, spiritual faith, yeah. uh, and mission. And so you score yourself. One is bad, 10 is great. Mm -hmm. So I score myself on that every single week. And that's bigger than your goals. That's more important. Like that's your whole life. It's like the woman we talk about in high performance habits, her, her whole, she gave me this line, people give it to me, but it was a, a client who gave it to me. Um, I worked with her for a while and she says, I finally get, she goes, achievement is not my problem. Alignment is. Mm. Like a lot of people are good at to-do lists and getting stuff done and checklists. Moms, oh my God, can checklist and list out, just smash people. But if one major area is really compromised, you can be crushing it in other ones. But the reason most people have a situation in their life where something is really compromised or neglected is they weren't looking at it every week. So all of a sudden their relationship, they, they always say, I don't even know where our relationship went wrong. And I go, every week. Yeah. But Dang, that's good. You know, if on a Sunday yeah. you, you asked, you had the guts to ask, how is my relationship? Yeah. Am, am I pouring myself in? Am I fully committed? Am I being sweet? Am I being kind? And if every week you measure something, that thing gets better. Yeah. And so your whole life assessment is something to do every week beyond whatever your New Year's goals are. Mm -hmm. And that will make people, that's how you achieve happiness is not by random goals, yeah. but a, by an aligned approach to life, yeah. like a holistic approach to life. So uh, this is an interesting question about the planner because it's yeah. super awesome, but sometimes it makes me feel harder on myself. Yes. Do you feel like that's a thing? Yes. For like, Because I'm like, you're doing all these things and I'm like, that practice is like, then I feel like I'm kind of beating myself up like, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, what is the, or I'm like perceiving think, this in the no, wrong I way. No, I think, I think a lot of people do that. They're like, this is hard. Yeah. And I go, I want it to be hard. Yeah. I want, because listen. Life, <laughs> you guys have to look at Brilliant Splatter. <laughs> it is like 79 steps long. It's like so um, detailed and it makes you, you know, one of the things I struggle with, you know this about me, is moving too fast. Yeah. And so part of the hard thing for me about that planner is I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. It's we 10 gotta, questions no, in the morning no, and 10 questions at while. night. It yes, takes a while. It takes a while. They're hard questions. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> like, and I, But no, but this is probably part of the problem with me is that the Sunday thing is the worst for me where I have to like yeah. judge the week. Yes. So I'm like, oh, you did so good over here, but yes. this thing. And then I'm like, well. Well, I think there's two ways to approach it. One, I want it to be hard because there's plenty of other resources and materials that people can just write about how they feel great yeah. about themselves. Yeah. But then in three years, they're like, why am I still unhappy? Why am I still unhappy? Because if you don't face yeah. the hard stuff, you never get to experience the good stuff. Yeah, that's real. And so that's what that's it. You got to face it. And so you have two ways to go about it. Either you avoid it, which is like avoidance is a great short term strategy to feel good, mm -hmm. but also a great strategy to ensure long term suffering. Yeah. And so I think learning to face things that do make your brain kind of like, wow, this is hard, this yeah. is difficult, that will benefit you in the long term. I also think that you can learn to approach it with as much grace as you have, 
being, okay, I'm, I'm gonna measure myself in these areas. I'm being honest about them, but I'm not gonna like beat on myself or hate myself because it's not perfect every week. Mm -hmm. my, my ambition, my, my intention in doing this is, okay, every week I'm just gonna be aware. Yeah. Because awareness is the gate to change. So I'm just gonna be aware. And that way you don't end up two years from now with, oh my God, I neglected our finances. Oh my gosh, I neglected this kid. Because <laughs> right? yeah. that's what, neglect, no one, no one says I wanna neglect something. Yeah. They took their eye off it. Yes. It became neglected until the pipe burst. Yes. And the house burnt down. Yeah. And so, yes, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not so great here. But at least you're aware of it. And you can say, okay, let me improve this area. That was very much for me. Like um, the one area that I have people measure themselves on on a weekly basis is like adventure in your life. Oh, yeah. Like, did you try something new this week? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, a new restaurant. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. That's yeah. what happens. People yeah. are like, and then they're like, I don't know. We have a boring relationship. It's because yeah. no one said, are you putting adventure into your relationships? And that was, that, that's easy for yeah. me because I can be a homebody like nobody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I never want to leave my house. Yeah. And you met my, I, I never want to leave my a, wife. I didn't shower this week. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> I just, I stayed in the same yes. pajamas. Yes. I'm so gross on weekends. And you're okay with that. Yes. Unless that goes on 50 weeks and no one ever told you about it. Yes. Right. And so, yeah. so the high performance planner, what does it says, here's 10 prompts to ask yourself in the morning. Then what are your major goals and priorities for the day? That takes me about 10 minutes a day. Then at night, there's six prompts. Mm -hmm. And they ask questions like, what did you learn about somebody else today? Because what most people do is they're just focused on what are they grateful for, which is very important. But they should also say, what did I learn about me today? What did I learn about other people? Where did I not feel like I was my best? What could I have done there? Mm -hmm. um, if I was like coaching or caring for myself, what advice would I give myself? And then they score themselves in the six high performance habits. And these are the habits that highest correlate with long-term success across every field mm -hmm. in the world. And so, in the world. Um, so you have... So it's about 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. Yeah. And I agree, some of those questions are hard. And then the weekly review. Mm -hmm. oh, here's what I tell people. Don't even get the high performance planner if you don't need the prompts. What I'd love for everybody to do, just listening, if you're at home with a piece of paper, what's the 10 questions you should ask yourself every morning? Ooh. What's the 10 questions you should ask yourself every night? And now, I just want you to do it every day. Yeah. Then on the weekends, on your Sunday, when you go to review your life, what should you score like what would your scorecard look like mm -hmm. everyone listening can set that up for themselves absolutely the, the planner i think takes it to more of a like a scientific level like we know asking these ones get the biggest bang for the buck mm -hmm. in your change or your productivity it like we know it helps more than just guessing but i'm like you know what everyone should forge that for themselves i mean the planner i made it for myself in the first place because i said what what does the science say that makes people the most productive or the most focused or the most happy and that's what went in it yeah and so i've been using it for myself and then I was like, wow, other people could like this, even if it's hard. Because <laughs> we definitely get that feedback. They're like, that, that took me 15 minutes yes. this morning. Yeah. And I was like, well, you could go, you know, what else you can do in that 15 Absolutely. minutes? I mean, setting intention, yeah. whether you do it in my planner or your journal or anybody else's thing, I just think it's important. Like one thing I admire about you, your success is real because you sat and you wrote it. Mm -hmm. Like there's the manifestation yes. piece that really does happen when you yes. write. I really believe that. Yes, I told Brendan when Probably the first time we hang out, we hung out in real life. How many times I had written on a piece of paper for years, I speak on Brendan Burchard's stage. Yeah. I wrote it over and over and over and over. And then one day, out of the blue, you were like, what's your speaking rate? 
You were like, and you lied. You were like, I have a friend who wants to book you because you're a very good guy. And then I told him, and he was like, that's not your speaking rate. Your speaking rate is double that. I made you double your price. Yeah, yeah. which is also why you're awesome. Yeah. And then I was speaking on your stage, mm -hmm. but I wrote that down for years. And I paid you. Oh, you paid me. Because yes. I was like, okay, yeah. this was your dream. Yeah. And it's like, hey, yeah. I no. really respect speakers. This is a real career. Yeah. Everyone should get paid for their time, energy, yep. effort, voice. Yep. And everyone listening, most of you should double your prices yep. if you're charging something, That's especially if you're a solopreneur. Because we discount ourselves. We let our internal insecurities become perceived market realities. Yeah, that's real. So we go, oh, well, you know, I'm just starting, but so I shouldn't charge. Or, or I'm really good, but, you know, most people don't have the money for it. And it's like, no, no. You honor your time, energy, and effort in this mm -hmm. life. And your job is to position yourself and put yourself out there in a way that people understand that. Mm -hmm. And the ones who don't, don't worry about them. The ones that do, will pay. Yep. And I think that's responsible for people's career and businesses. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hard on that, but I think that you're well, a great example. I feel I, like you've done that for so many people. I also wrote the yes. same thing. I wrote yeah. down, I was like, you know, one day I'm going, I didn't write down one day I'm going to meet Oprah. Yeah. I wrote down one day I'm going to help Oprah. Yeah. One That's day, boss. yeah. One day I'm going to advise Tony Robbins. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. Because, you know, most people were in the celebrity stuff. And I was like, no, I want to be a person of service. Yeah. And, you know, I go off on this a lot. Yeah. It's like there's a selfie generation right now, which I really admire, but there also has to be a service component. Mm -hmm. And if you're just stuck in the selfie, me, 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 and not asking, because like, it would be me, like, oh, I would love to be the, meet a U.S. president. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my ego. Yeah. I would love to advise, coach, or, you know, give something to a president. That was my mentality, mm -hmm. and I think that made that's how I met so many of them, yeah. and that's how I got to advise or coach the people I wanted to. Because I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to add value to this person. Yeah. And that, for me, that creates a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I add value yeah, to, these, to this? You know, person. Yeah. So I'm, I'm texting even you. Yeah. Like, I desperately want to add value yeah. to. So I'm like, you let add me help. Value I can all the time. I know, but I was texting Literally like, I could. Yes. In the morning when you wake yeah. up, you'll have three full-time employees <laughs> that I'll put in this. You know, I'm like. <laughs> Because I believe in your mission so much. Yeah. You know, there's there's so few people in this world who are doing it with the values that you have and the depth of truth that that comes from. That's not just like, hey, I want to you know be on Instagram. Yeah. It's like you were doing this before Instagram. Yeah. You and I both were. Yeah. We were doing, we were sharing our voice and trying to help people when there wasn't everything that's available today. Yeah. And I think we, we were lucky that we started when we did. Yes. Because so it was a different, ago. it was it was you know Stephen Covey's character ethic, mm -hmm. and you have the character ethic, and so I'm always like, how can I support, be part of that? Because I really well, you are. It. I mean, I think I reached out to you in January of 2017 on Instagram DM and said, would you? I'll find it. Like, would you ever? I'm gonna find it and post it on Instagram the day this podcast comes out. Like, would you ever do my podcast? And then. Didn't hear back to it. And then finally you were like, I will, but I'm something. This is what's happening right now. And then I was like, oh, and follow up in six weeks. And then six weeks I would send another note. Hey, me again. Would you ever consider doing my podcast? And you would, you're would. you always so gracious. Like, oh, thank you so much. I'm on tour. Um, but it, And then follow up again. And then I would just set an alarm. Like, follow up with Brendan because he said, and here we are. Yeah. So you were doing it in real time. But also, I want to give a shout out to you. You... You added value to my life, regardless of whether I said yes or no. Yeah. 
because I remember, I also remember looking you up on, on Instagram one time because uh, someone was saying, hey, there's this lady who's really enthusiastic about high performance habits. I love that book. She's telling everyone you have to read it. And I looked you up and then I looked through our DMs. I'm like, oh, her and I have been corresponding. Yeah. This is who this is. And you were, even though I had not yet been on your podcast or mm -hmm. hadn't been able to or said no or whatever, you still said, I love this book. Yeah. And I think that that makes such a difference in, for, I know a lot of people reach out to you and me, mm -hmm. but they'll reach out and they've never even talked about our stuff. Yeah. Totally. They're like, can you give me this leg up? Yeah. And like, but you haven't said yeah. anything about it. It's yeah. not that it has to be like that tit yeah. for tat kind of thing, but it is a level of like, hey, if I want to work with a brand, yeah. I should at least have consumed or helped or promoted the brand. Totally. And a lot of people don't do that today. Yeah. They're just kind of like, hey, I deserve this. And I, I, well, think, I think. Well, I think the flip, at least in the space that we're in where we're trying to help people or give them the tools or. I am constantly on the hunt for what tools will be helpful, even if they aren't my own. Mm -hmm. Like we can only write so many books at a time or yes. we can only, so I'm constantly like, man, you got to read this. You need to listen to this thing. You need to, so it wasn't me trying. I mean, I think that's the difference for people. Like I wasn't trying to kiss up to you and right. I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to get your attention. I really, what, I mean, I said it a million times when my, is 2017? Yeah. Yeah. Had to be. Was it? When did it come out? Well, the book out? came or out 16. October 2017. 17. Okay, so yeah. then I then then I'm confusing my dates. But I it was my it was my favorite book of 17 and it came mm -hmm. out at the end of the year, which is crazy because yeah. I read a ton. Yes. I was obsessed with that book. I still I've reread it like 3 times. Thank you. And every time I go back I'm like, "Oh, it's a new." <laughs> I a new know. thing I didn't catch the first. I really do. It's not because we're friends, it's because it's a really good book. Thank you. So, thank I you. that was a I was worried because there was a lot of academic research that went into it. Mm -hmm. It took three years of my life, and I didn't think it'd be mainstream accepted as much as it was. Mm -hmm. And Amazon, that same thing, it came out in October. Yeah. And Amazon bestseller, uh, not sorry, Amazon's editors picks the best picks of the year each year, and they almost always pick stuff that came out. Yeah. You know, because it's had time to build. Yeah. And they chose it as the third best business and leadership book in That's 2017. So and I remember seeing that. And this was not like just based on sales. It was based on like, the, and they're a hardcore yeah. editor yeah. group. And they said, you know, this was the best of that year. And I literally, like, I remember broke, I broke into tears because I was like, I was That's three a big years deal. on that book. That's a big so deal. It was a big deal. And you narrate it. Oh, it's so bad. No, what? <laughs> okay. No, I was okay. gonna, no, no. I was going <laughs> to say for people who are listening who are not into reading yes. physical books, you yes. can listen to Brendan narrate the entire thing. Yes, and it's still, it's an Easter egg on the Brendan Show podcast. That's right. Every, so season yes. four. Yes. So for those who are not, if you go subscribe to my podcast, Brendan Show, when you hit subscribe, download all the episodes. It's yep. the only way actually to do this. You yeah. download all the episodes. Season four is the entire audiobook. Yeah. Of or, high performance yes. habits. Yeah. And I did this right. So the book takes off the bestseller charts and uh, the audiobook's taking off. And I tell my publishers, I have this idea. I just want to give my podcast listeners the whole book. Yeah. For free. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. Because every time someone downloads that, basically you lose money as the yeah. <clears throat> And I, I said, but I think no one's done this before mm -hmm. on a book that's on the charts. Let's just do that because I want to thank my podcast listeners because mm -hmm. you know I started early yeah. podcast too so yeah. I was like let's let's see what they yeah and it just took off it ran the podcast to number one um and it was like a geek out moment and I, I want to give a shout out to Paulo Coelho for that inspiration Paulo 
wrote the book Alchemist. Mm -hmm. And he's a great friend and like a big mentor. Um, and I've advised him a lot on his book launches here in the US. And so that's how we became friends. But I share that story because one time Paulo, this is before Alchemist really took off worldwide. And now it's the seventh most read book in the history of humanity. Wow. The Alchemist. What's the other six? Uh, you have like, um, uh, okay, you have like the vampire teenage thing. Twilight? Twilight is like number five. No. And Harry Potter. Okay, I believe that. Um, the Bible, of course. Yes. Oh, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. And then Classic. The Alchemist. I believe it's in that. So anyway, so The Alchemist is in, you know, this is the seventh most read book in the history of the world. But, I t but before it took off, something happened. Paulo Coelho's book was... The audiobook was read by Jeremy Irons, mm -hmm. the actor with the cool mm -hmm. voice. Mm -hmm. And somebody had stolen it, put it up on YouTube. Oh, wow. And the publisher wrote Paolo, and Paolo saw it. And now, this time, Paolo has millions of fans on Facebook, you know, one of the most read authors in the history of the world at that time already. But this book hadn't, The Alchemist hadn't really crushed through. And Paolo takes the YouTube link, puts it on all the socials, and says, Somebody, posted up this audio, the full audio of my book. You should all go listen to it. Mm. And he gave it away free. Now that cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm -hmm. but he did it because he loved his readers. Yeah. And that inspired me. I was like, I want to be that generous one day. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And everyone freaked out and I'm so happy I did. And we hear about it all the time now. So really long story, but I also share that story because if you're going into this next year, I hope that one of the goals that everyone has listening set a goal for being overly generous. Mm. Like find ways to do that in your brand or your business, not in ways that compromise you or your core, but like, and I know we got a lot of people who listen and like me, we're people pleasers, so we can mm -hmm. like really drain ourselves out yeah. by being too generous to too many people, but find one or two things that you can really geek out this year on of being overly generous. Yeah. Because I think people don't think about that. They're trying to save or secure or protect but I think like part of our life here is how can you be more generous? And in what ways can you do it? And since you're planning the whole year anyway, with your teams, if you have teams, or with your spouse, if you guys work together, like say, okay, what's two things we can do this year that we can really rally around that is just to be generous to our yeah. audience, just to be generous to our customers, if it makes no sense at all. And because you'll get more excited and fired up about that than you will about your quarterly goals. Yeah. You know, and I think people need that. Aspirational goals around being generous. Yeah. You are the most generous person I know. And I'm so grateful that the listeners get to meet you and get to talk to you the way I get to talk to you all the time. So mm -hmm. thank you for finally doing the podcast. I can't believe we did it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. We should hang out on more than just this podcast, which means that the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure and type Rachel Hollis into the search bar and check out all the fun things we have going on on your favorite platform.